What is up and welcome back to the Doubleheader Podcast hosted by Scott and Tim, presented by Group W Bench Racing. My name's Scott. I'm Tim. And so we're just going to get right into this one. Uh, pretty big episode for us. Uh, uh, fourth episode in, we already have our first guest on a podcast this week. So Hell yeah. pretty excited about that. We kind of teased it a little bit last week, but we officially had a chance to sit down and talk. Um, so as I'm sure you guys might see, if it's in the... Uh, in the title of this podcast, we had a chance to sit down and talk with Zach Bryant, the uh, newly acquired prospect that the Sox got from the Cubs a couple of weeks back. So it's a pretty good interview. I'm pretty excited about it. Yeah, he I mean, he had so much to talk about. It was really down to earth. Just wanted to you know, talk about everything. So I'm super pumped to have him, you know, coming over and joining the team and just being in the farm system. So I'm excited about that. Um, but before we get into that, just wanted to talk a little bit about um, how everything's looking in terms of, you know, spring training, everything like that. Um, big name. I didn't, I mean, I, I was excited to have him join the Sox, but Marwin Gonzalez. Oh my God. Yeah. Holy shit. With two home runs, same day, one from each side of the plate. I mean, come on. That's fantastic. Last player to do it was Bill Miller. So, you know, yeah, so. I mean, I think that a lot of people – I mean, I still don't think that, they're, that you know, the Red Sox are going to go out there and, like, win the division or anything like that. Right now, I mean, it's still early to say. They could surprise us all and do it. But, I mean, in spring training, you know, a lot of the players aren't – you know, they're playing pretty well. I mean, Bobby Dahlbeck is still crushing home runs. Devers yesterday – uh, today's Monday, by the way. So on Sunday on the 14th, Devers crushed a 435 foot bomb in the center field. So, I mean, Chavis keeps hitting home runs, hit another one today. So, I mean, these guys are playing pretty well. Um, I think we got to really figure out the, uh, you know, make sure the pitching is intact. Um, once sale gets back, I think things are going to get better. I mean, Evaldi didn't pitch so well yesterday, but you know, I mean, there's still time. It's still spring training. Got to figure out the kinks. So I'm pretty excited. Yeah, I mean, it looks like our pitching starting to show up. Batters are starting to show up. We're having home runs like crazy. Um, I mean, Pavetta today had a great game. Um, you know, Hauk looked good the other day. Uh, I mean, just everybody in general. Chavis coming through, knowing that his job is potentially on the line, um, which is something I, I want to talk about as well. But, I mean, coming through with a huge monster shot to dead center today. So, I mean – I've been saying it from the start, you know, I, I'm, I've already told people that I think they're going to win the world series this year. I don't think I'm crazy to say that. I mean, they're, they're not a team to sleep on. I, I think a lot of people are sleeping on them. So um, definitely think that that's, it's just going to be an amazing season for them. I mean, currently right now they're two and a half games back in a grapefruit league. Uh, Yankees are in first, they're 10 and four, the Sox are seven and six. So, I mean, it, I mean, it, it's spring training. So, I mean, you know, as people have said, you know, after the first four or so innings, the players who were playing in the game are not the players who are really going to see that much during the year. So I think, uh, you know, you kind of have to go off of what is at the start of the game. I mean, obviously, you know, some of these players could get called up and we could see them later, but, you know, I'm I'm excited to see what they're what they're gonna do. I mean, Erod's been out here dealing. Perez has been out here dealing. So, yeah, I'm pretty excited about it. Yeah, um, I mean, saying that 
with spring training, a lot of these players aren't necessarily going to be seen. I mean, they're starting to put their their starters into the rotations a little bit into the the, the lineups. So, um, I mean, we're we're really starting to see them coming through here. I I just think it's crazy too. You know, the other day we're we're talking about team leaders that Bobby Dahlback was leading with home runs. I mean, he he still is. He still is. He's tied for first, but. Again, now with Michael Chavis, who um, let's just let's just get into it. The whole Michael Chavis having to fight for his job. Um, it's kind of a sad story. I mean, this guy a couple of years ago, you know, everybody's rooting for him. He's gonna be the next big thing, just crushing moon bombs the whole time, just putting the balls into orbit, crushing them over the monster. And now he he may not even play, or he may not even make the team initially out of spring training, which is I mean, sad. I still think he's probably going to get a roster spot and I still think that he's going to play. Um, I, I do. And, you know, I, I do think too, that, I, you know, I think it's going to be a lot of him and Dahlbeck kind of switching off to start at first, just kind of seeing where they're at. I mean, Chavis was never, I mean, he played second base, but that's not what he came up through the, the minors as. So, um, you know, I think they're going to be splitting some time at first base, trying to, you know, really situate in and see who gets it. But I don't think that he's not going to play. I, I still think he's going to get playing time and everything like that. Um, I think it will be interesting to see, like, what the split is and how often each one's playing. But I think that they're going to split time at first this year. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't know. I've seen a lot of things saying that, I mean, he is fighting for a roster spot right now because of all the other utility players, though. So I, he even said it himself. He knows that his spot isn't guaranteed. And then he, he said last week that he wanted to potentially look at the outfield and he wouldn't be opposed to playing in the outfield. And then Cora just coming right out and saying, the outfield is ruled out at this time for Michael Chavis. So, I mean, it, it's tough, but yeah. I, I like to see the hustle. You can see what kind of a player he can be. And I think him knowing that he's, he's literally fighting for his job right now is showing us the best Michael Chavis out there. Um, he is currently batting 276, um, but he has those four home runs um, and eight strikeouts. So honestly, less strikeouts than Bobby Dahlbeck. So. Yeah, but I mean, Bobby Dahlbeck too. I mean, he got a little bit of playing time last year, but he hasn't really seen that much minor league or major league action. And, you know, I know that spring training is not always the best judgment of that because he's not seen a ton there too. But I mean, you still got to find out, you know, figure out his stuff as well. So like I said, I think they'll be splitting some time. So I'm pretty excited to see two young guys in there um, doing their thing and hoping it works out for them. But I mean, everybody on this team right now is like contributing pretty well or for the most part. Um, like, did you see Kike's outfield assist that he had? Yeah. Where he like tumbled as he threw the ball and threw the runner out at home. Yeah. He, a I mean, great throw. Yeah. I mean, you know, we lost Jackie Bradley Jr. I don't think anybody's going to replace him in the outfield, you know, for the glove that he had. But I mean, if he, if Kike makes plays like that, I'm okay with that too. I mean, even like Hunter Renfro has been hitting home runs and stuff like that too. So, you know, I'm uh, I'm excited about it. Yeah, and I, uh, one thing that I, I like to see as well was, uh, you know, everybody was talking about Garrett Richards lately about his pitching, and you know, he got rocked for a couple games. wasn't great. There was there was a ton of people like on on Facebook and Twitter who were just like, "Oh, Garrett Richards sucks! Like, why do we go after him?" 
And then he came out and he had a great game the other day. I mean, just it, it seems like everything's starting to come together for this this team of almost misfits that they're just grabbing from other teams and I'm blue. Well, it's 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 not they didn't grab any big name players really this offseason. I mean, Garrett Richards kind of, but I mean they didn't go out and grab any of the big names everybody wanted them to. They grabbed players who weren't getting recognition from other teams and brought them here. And now they're, they're getting them to where they want to be. Um, which is, I, I just something I, I enjoy seeing. So I'm excited to, to see that. And, you know, I want to see where this goes. Yeah. I mean, I'm, uh, you know, I mean, like I've said now multiple times, I'm just excited to, you know, see what comes of it and see how this team, you know, plays. Yeah. Um, but then. Franchi yeah, Cordero is going to be enjoying the team this week. Yeah, I'm pretty excited to see that. So, um, but then uh, kind of outside the Red Sox news, I do want to bring up something that we had talked about where, you know, you fought me kind of violently, just baseball news in general, um, is that the Dodgers – announced Clayton Kershaw as their opening day started. I remember we had a little bit of back and forth where I think you might have told me I was stupid for thinking that. So I just kind of want to, you know, get your takes on that since you were wrong. Um, I mean, good for him. I guess that's uh, – I, I think Walker Bueller got snubbed, but that's the end of that. We'll move on from that. Um, some, uh, some other <laughs> kind of uh, – not not a laughing situation. Didn't even mean to laugh at that. Um, Danny Santana, um, one of the new guys that the Sox picked up, is in the hospital with a foot infection, um, which sad to see. Hopefully, it doesn't derail him for too long. But um, just a weird situation. But um, yeah, no, I uh, like I said, I'm I'm just excited to to start seeing one. Opening day, I mean, it's it's now under 20 days away. So excited to see those games get underway, to see the season actually start. Um, also, did you see Brazier doubtful for opening day? No, I didn't. Um, per Chris Cotillo uh, a couple of days ago, um, Brazier had an off-season finger fracture, so he's doubtful for opening day. So obviously you don't want to see that. Um, I was hoping that he was going to have a better year this year. So, I mean, he's probably going to end up having to start down in the minors to do some rehab after that. Do you know if it was on his throwing hand or? Um, let's see. It was on his right pinky finger while working out in Texas during the offseason. He's now further behind after leaving camp for personal reasons in February. Oh, uh um yeah that's that's tough i mean hopefully he you know hopefully comes back um never really wanted to see that so yeah it's uh never good when when somebody's hurt so wish him a, a fast recovery um yeah so i mean not not too much really to talk about this week besides that, I think. So um, should we just should we get into the interview? 
Yeah, definitely. So uh, here it is. Here's our uh, first interview as a podcast. And uh, here's Zach Bryant. All right, we're here with Zach Bryant, uh, new member of the Red Sox organization. Uh, thanks for joining us, Zach. Yeah, absolutely, man. Um, yeah, so, I mean, going off, first of all, welcome to uh, the Red Sox. You know, that's it's big to uh, have that here. How um, I, I heard that you grew up, actually, as a, as a fan of the Red Sox. How did how'd that happen? Uh, yeah, no, I grew up a pretty big uh, Red Sox fan. It all started because, I mean, you know, my fir- the first baseball game I ever watched was a, uh, a Red Sox game back in the Manny Ramirez and, and David Ortiz days. Um, but, yeah, no, watching watching Manny uh, or Big Poppy and uh, Pedroia out there, those are my those are my three guys. Watching them out there, you know, just made me fall in love with uh, the Red Sox. That and seeing Fenway. And then on top of that, um, I had MVP baseball 05 on my Xbox. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, I was like, I was like five or six years old at the time. Probably so, the I mean, best of course, you know, on any game. Yeah. Yeah. When I was on section 10, that's, that's what, uh, Caraba said. He, uh, <laughs> yeah, no, it was, they actually corrected me. I said 04. And then he was like, wait, was it the one with Manny? And I was like, yeah. And he was like, yeah, that was 05. I was like, oh, okay, my bad. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Four had two holes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then, uh, so, yeah, so I had it on there, and then, I mean, I always played as them. And, um, you know, at the main menu or whatever, it, it, it played Tessie. So I fell in love with that song, and it, it pretty much all carried from there. Um, and then but when I first went to middle school, my parents got me my first phone. Uh, the, they preloaded the ringtone on there to be Tessie. So, oh, yeah. um, so it, it just pretty much all stemmed from there. And then, you know, every year for Christmas, birthdays, et cetera, they would all give me uh, – bunch of Red Sox stuff. So that's pretty much locked in at that point. And yeah, you, um, it, it was sold as a Red Sox fan for to the day I signed another contract. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I used to uh, start up MVP Baseball 2005 and I'd take my little MP3 player and hold it right up next to it so I could record Tessie and have it on there for free. So <laughs> I, I tried that for so long. Um, so what did it feel like to, to get the call saying that you were coming to the Red Sox, you know, being a, a Red Sox fan? Well, initially, when I got the call, um, I showed up as an unrecognized number. So I declined it, thinking it was a telemarketer. And then he texts me. He says, hey, this is so-and-so from the Cubs. Give me a call back when you get a chance. So uh, I call him back, and he's like, hey, man, this probably isn't the way you expected your Saturday to go. But uh, you're not a Cub anymore. So immediately, I thought I got released, because that's, mm-hmm. like, the climate for minor leaguers right now. Um, so my heart sank. And then he followed that up with, uh, yeah, you were traded to the, uh, to the Red Sox. So then it was like, obviously, I was – relieved I didn't get released and then um very very excited once the emotion settled I, I was very very pumped obviously my family was very excited for me uh lots of friends were were pretty pumped because they knew I grew up how big of a Red Sox fan I was growing up so they were pretty excited for me so what's that kind of like as a prospect when you're when you're getting traded from system to system how does that kind of go literally the, the first I heard of it was the phone call and then um just out of the blue and then I just assumed it was another, like, checking in kind of phone call. And then, uh, yeah, he dropped it on me that I got traded. And then two minutes later, the Red Sox tweeted it. And then uh, and then Twitter commenced pretty much. It was notifications for, for hours. Oh, what yeah. would you think of the uh, the Twitter notifications with the whole Bryant to the, to the Red Sox thing and uh, them making it seem like it was going to be Chris Bryant, but then putting your name in there? What, what was that like? Uh, I mean, I – I thought it was funny. 
you know, a lot, a lot of the comments are pretty funny. Like, you, that's the wrong guy or something like that. You know, I remember seeing the Snoop Dogg gif, like, who? I remember seeing stuff like that. I can get a good laugh out of it because I get it, you know. Yeah. Um, but, I, I mean, I, I can't blame uh, Jeff Jeff Basson for taking that opportunity. You know, you got to. Oh, yeah. When I mean, something like that comes out, like, you have to. So, I, I get it. Uh, I thought it was funny. Yeah, my I, I was getting my phone was just blowing up with notifications saying Bryant to the Red Sox, Bryant to the Red Sox. I was like, what what what's going on? And I look at it and I was like, oh, I'm like, okay, it's not Chris Bryant. But then I, I looked over at your stats and everything, and I was like, okay, like this this could be a this could be a good fit right here. And then saw that you were uh, grew up a Sox fan, and I was like, okay, you know, this is this is pretty cool to, to have you here. Um, have you met anybody from the organization yet, or? Uh, no, I have not. I've, uh, I've talked to a few people on the phone, um, like a, a strength guy, um, the pitching coordinator, uh, a couple trainers, I believe. Uh, but I haven't, I haven't met anybody, no, like in person. Um, but I do know, I do know Alex Arrow. He was uh, drafted the same year as me mm-hmm. to the Red Sox. I played with him in summer ball. So I do know him. So whenever I head down uh, for spring training, I'll, I'll, I'll at least know somebody. Yeah. Do you have a date when you're gonna start reporting with the team, or they haven't they haven't um, updated me about it? But I would assume it's still planning around April first, whenever the big leaguers are gone. Yeah. Um, so as far as I know, they're still sticking true to that as long as everything sticks to sticks to the schedule and nothing gets postponed. As far as I know, that's that's the plan. Um. So going back to uh, when you were saying before, you know, grew up a Red Sox fan like Manny, Ortiz, Petey, all that. So what's your all-time favorite game that you've been to? And, like, if you've been to a Red Sox game, what's your favorite Red Sox game you've ever been to? Uh, well, I went to I – I think I went to, like, two – one or two at, um, at Tropicana because, I mean, I'm from Florida. So I think I went to one or – I know for sure one, maybe two at uh, Tropicana. And then, I mean, my favorite one is the one I actually went to Fenway for. It was for um, a graduation slash birthday gift slash trip, whatever. And then, uh, yeah, so we went up there and um, they played the Blue Jays. And the Red Sox actually got no hit until the eighth or ninth. And then uh, almost came back from a five-run deficit in the ninth, in the bottom of the ninth. Wow. So it was it was pretty sweet. Uh, sucked to see him lose. But, yep. I mean, of course, that's got to be my favorite in person just because it was the only one at Fenway. Where did you sit when you went to that game? It was – they were really good seats. It was – I don't know specific, like, the actual, like, section and all that, but it was yeah. probably 20, 25 rows back, like, um, just before the first place dug out. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's where you get seats. Um, so, so who in the organization are you most looking forward to then getting to meet? I know you said Ortiz, PD. Um, who, who's the first person that you, you're most excited to, to meet and Why? Uh, like still active, active or uh, former player, anybody, anybody who's like just still involved with the team in any way. Ortiz, Ortiz for sure. I gotta love. Um, well, I just, I mean, I was a huge fan of him for the longest time. Yep. So I mean, you know, it, it's gonna be really cool, hopefully, to meet him. So I'm definitely looking forward to that more than anything. Okay. Um, and so, since you were a, a player to be named later in the in the trade with, um last year with Josh Osich and stuff. Um, what's the, what's the thought of being a player to be named later? Like, the, is it, does it feel different than you think normally or, or how does that, how does that conversation go on your end when they, when they let you know? Uh, well, like I said, it, it, they literally just, um, 
you pretty much know how the conversation went with the Cubs when they called me. But, I mean, other than that, he was just like, yeah, thank you. Uh, we, we fully expected you to pitch in Wrigley, but I guess now it'll be in another uniform. Um, if you ever need anything, feel free to let me know. But other than that, uh, the Red Sox would be in contact with you. And that was pretty much that. And then, I mean, as far as how I feel about it, you know, it is what it is. I'm, I'm still I'm playing for the team I rooted for my whole life. Um, so it's it's cool regardless of how how it came to yep. be. Um, but I don't I, I never put much thought into how it, how I was a player to be named later. Um, to me, it, it's kind of a cool thing because I know obviously that they wanted me, mm-hmm. which is obviously being valued is a, is a really good thing. Um, so I'm definitely very happy about that and uh, very, very excited about it, really, because I feel like it's a lot more opportunity to hopefully move up this year. And because, uh, like I said, just being more valued as a as a as a bullpen guy when, uh, you know, there's a lot of inconsistencies in the bullpen on the on the big league level. Yeah. So how old were you when you started to get like noticed by scouts before you got drafted? It was, it was probably when I was at JU. Um, I got my first questionnaire sophomore year at um, Daytona State. Cause I went two years to Juco and then one year at Jacksonville and then got drafted out of Jacksonville. Um, but yeah, I got one questionnaire my sophomore year. I think I had a couple looks in high school, not many. I think it was more just asking my pitching coach about me. Um, but then I, I know I started to get looks a little bit in summer ball right before I went to JU. And then JU is when it really started like rolling in and I started getting a lot of looks. Um, Cause then that whole fall and spring, I mean, I was just getting a lot of questionnaires and whatnot and I uh, started having guys, you know, text me and uh, ask some questions and whatnot. And of course the coaches, they sit you down and try to like tell you what to expect and how to handle it and whatnot. Um, but yeah, no, definitely when it really became clear that I was a, a prospect or like draft worthy kind of guy was, was definitely sophomore year or junior year when I was at Jacksonville. Does that make it tougher to pitch in those games when you know the scouts are in the stands watching you? Not really because I mean, I, so like in high school when a guy has scouts there, like it's always in the back of your head. Um, so of course it affected me back then. But then once I got to college, and then I went to Daytona State, so I always had scouts there, too, because, you know, you're moving on to a four-year after that. So, I mean, I kind of got used to it and was able to, like, tune it out. Um, so, when I got to JU, it was like – I kind of just – you're so focused on the game that you don't really notice them. It's just a – in my mind, it was just another fan, you know. Um, yeah. Probably the only time I actually noticed, and it – I don't know if it – I don't really know if it added, pr- like, pressure to me, but, like, I actually noticed all the scouts there was um when I was pitching at FSU or no it wasn't FSU it was it was Florida because it seemed like uh their their stands were very like stacked on top of the field is what it kind of felt like yeah. at least from the mound so like I could see all the guns and all the cameras and you know that would that's the that's the first time I actually like noticed how many guys were there and how many guys were watching me um but other than that I mean I, I was so focused on the game that I didn't really notice so have they given you any expectation on where you're going to start the season out this year? Or? No, nothing. Um, if I had to guess, I mean, at, at least low A, but I'm hoping for high A. Um, mm-hmm. But as far as like an official word, I, I have no clue. What what kind of uh, what kind of pitches do you have? Because I saw that you posted a video on uh, Twitter the other day of you 
throwing what what do you have um ready to go and kind of what's the velocity on your pitches that you have uh, i have a four seam and two seam slider curveball and change up um the four seam as of lately has been like 92 94 um scraping scraping a couple fives and then uh and the thing about that is, too, is why, another reason why I'm really excited for this season is because I spent a majority of, this, of the off season because I mean, we had a whole year off. I spent a majority of it trying to get, like, a lot stronger. Um, I went up to driveline for five weeks. So I'm eager to see – because I've never thrown that hard in, like, a bullpen setting. And I've always, I've always thrown harder in games than I do in bullpens or live to hitters. So I'm excited to see what having um, – what kind of difference having some fans makes mm-hmm. or just being in the game environment and getting that adrenaline. But as of right now, it's 90, like topping out 95, um, sitting two to four on pretty much both my two seam and four seam. The changeup is, is mid 80s. Uh, the curveball is mid 70s and the sliders low 80s. So why old are you when you finally cracked 90 miles an hour on your fastball? And what, what was, was that? that like? How old are you when you finally cracked like 90 miles an hour on your fastball? And what was that like? I scraped it one time uh, senior year when I was playing in a, a perfect game tournament in Atlanta and we were playing at Lake point. I don't know if you've ever seen those fields, mm-hmm. but um, at the time, I mean, they were, they were like the pinnacle of, of like travel baseball fields. Um, but one time there on one pitch, I was like, all right, I'm just gonna let it eat. I literally got like 90.3, like just barely scraped it. And then went back to, you know, the 80, 87. Um, but when I was like, the next time I like, hit it not really trying to just blow it out on one was freshman year at uh, Daytona state. And it was, I mean, of course it's very satisfying. Um, yeah. Cause that's a, that's a big number, you know, yeah, once you get there, it's, yeah. it's, it's pretty, it, of course it's exciting for any pitcher the first time they hit 90. Yeah. So, I just like somebody who like played baseball growing up, I could never imagine hitting 90. Like <laughs> I'd be freaking out. <laughs> and it was definitely very exciting. So you said you, you pitch harder when you're actually in a game. It, what's the reason for that? Is it just the adrenaline going? or I think it's partially the adrenaline. Um, two, it's just when you're in a game, like you tune everything out. And I, I feel like for me especially, my mechanics are a lot more pure. When I'm in a bullpen setting, I'm, I'm thinking about mechanics. I'm thinking about little adjustments, like something I noticed in the last bullpen um, that I need to work on, whether it's my front side or, or – uh, or driving off my back leg or my hips opening up a little too early, whatever it is. Um, I'm trying to, I'm trying to work on it in the next bullpen. So obviously in the game, it's just get your sign, throw a strike, you know? Um, so I feel like that's kind of the difference is I'm not really thinking about it. If you get a fastball, just, you know, let it eat, blow by them. Um, that's kind of the mentality in a game, but you know, I mean, in a, in a bullpen, like I said, I'm thinking about, I'm thinking about more about hitting a location or intent with the pitch and like little mechanical things. So I feel like that it mostly adrenaline, but also just not really thinking about the little stuff. And so are you hopefully this season, are you, are you trying to move into a starting position or are you expecting to work in the bullpen or what's your, what's your aim for that? I expect to stay in the bullpen. Uh, I've pretty much been in the bullpen my whole life. They they tried starting me a little bit my junior year, and I, I did okay. Um, or in high school, mm-hmm. I did okay, but like I was always better out of the bullpen. And then uh, I had one start in college, and it was terrible. 
So <laughs> I, I fully expect to stay in the bullpen. But of course, you know, if if they if they for some reason profile me as a starter, then you know I'm going to listen to them and, and do what they want me to do. Uh, Whatever is going to help me get get to where I want to be um, yeah. the fastest is, of course, what I'm going to do. Do you have any like uh, pregame rituals or superstitions or anything like that? Not not anything crazy or uh, super unique. I pretty much what I, like if the last outing was good, then you know I stick with what's working. I'll do the same exact thing that I did last time, whether it's like repeating all the same stretches, you know, in the same order. Um, what I ate for breakfast that day, I I keep everything the same until it doesn't work. And then I try something new. And then when that works, I do that, um, the, that, you know, exact same routine uh, the next day I'm going to pitch. But nothing, nothing crazy, like a, a crazy superstition like most guys have. Yeah. What's, what song do you have playing when you come out? At Jacksonville, it was Middle Child by J. Cole. Okay. Are you playing I, loved. I thought that was. Are you going to keep that too with the socks or? I might. I'm dabbling with a few other songs, um, but I mean, if if I decide against them, then you know, Middle Child is definitely going to be my go-to. Okay. Who was your favorite pitcher to watch growing up? Growing up was was Craig Kimbrell, just because I mean, I was I was a closer, and you know, at the at the time when he was in his prime, I mean, his his mound presence was just there was no one like him. You know, he yeah. goes out there and he's he's just intimidating. When he has his arms up and he's getting his sign, it's just I, I tried to I, – I didn't literally put my arms up when I was getting my sign, but, you know, I, I admired that mound presence. I wanted to be like that. I wanted to have the hitter feel uncomfortable like they did when they were facing Kimbrell. Um, that was kind of my goal up there. So it, it was definitely – he was the one I looked up to growing up. But you never did put you, the arm out? No, no, no I've never done that. <laughs> Did you ever copy anybody's like uh, like their windup or anything like that? No, I mean you know, of course you fiddle around with little things, but nothing stuck. And eventually, I just I stuck to what was true to me, but I never copied anybody and uh, tried to mimic their mechanics or anything. I pretty much just you know found what worked for me and what felt comfortable and, and stuck with it. So what kind of what kind of things you do outside of baseball? So obviously in like the off season, what what kind of things do you find yourself doing? Uh, I love working out. Um, I feel like that's kind of uncommon for pitchers, but uh, getting in the weight room's never been a problem for me. I, I love lifting. Like even after my baseball days are over, I fully plan on getting jacked. And then um, outside of that, pretty much just fishing. And then uh, I mean, heck, between going to the field and working out and and that kind of stuff. I, I don't have much time for much else. So whether it's coming home and, and just chilling, playing on my phone, you know, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, uh, jumping on the PlayStation or fishing. Um, between that stuff, I don't have much, much else, like much more time, you know. So I, I pretty much just dabble in that stuff. I like to, I like to relax a little bit, mm-hmm. maybe hang out with some friends or go to Top Golf or go golfing. That's actually a hobby I've been picking up recently. You pretty good at golf or? I'm terrible. <laughs> <laughs> No, I'm not good at all, but I'm working on it. Yeah. I'm playing I'm tomorrow, and I know I'm going to lose like 20 golf balls at least. <laughs> I went um, today, and it was my first time in, in probably a month and a half, two months, just because I was, I've been busy between coaching and my own training and whatnot. Um, and it was way better than I thought it was going to be. But I'm definitely getting better. What would you shoot and, today? Uh, 
Well, it was it was in a golf tournament, so it was a four man scramble. Oh, okay. I think we we finished like I think twelve under, so it wasn't terrible. And I, no, you know, a- I had a I had, I had a decent amount of, of of my shots that were the best ball. So do you I was crush your drives? It. I try to. So it ends up being the, the better part of my game is is not in the tee box because I try to just hammer it with the driver. Yeah, that's how I am. I either like sometimes I crush the ball like two seventy, two ninety. <laughs> or I hit the ball six yards. I, I'm so bad. I golfed like two weeks ago on three hours of sleep, 18 holes. It was the worst golfing I've ever done in my entire life. The the worst part with mine, whenever I try to drive, is just, dude, it hooks so hard to the right. Like I I I can only imagine how many windows I've broken because it'll like it'll go like two streets over. Because I I mean I rip it, oh, wow. <laughs> so yeah. it goes and it goes hard right. So. Scott uh, probably, knows about I've hooking hard right. Property damage. <laughs> Scott can stand in the tee box and he'll 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 swing and the ball will literally go instead of going at all forward, it will just go completely right. Like, like he he needs a he needs to aim completely sideways in the box to make it go straight because he he'll just shoot that <laughs> ball off straight. It's terrible. What what uh what do you have in your bag? What do you use for clubs? Uh, well, I have my grandpa's clubs. Um, so they're a little bit older. But I've been slowly, um, slowly adding to it. Like I have a, uh, a Tommy Cameron hybrid. I have a, um, or is it Tommy Cameron? Tommy Cameron, or I think it's Tommy Armor, maybe. Tommy Armor, yeah. One of the two. Yeah, I think I have that for a hybrid. I know I have a, a TaylorMade M4 for a driver. Um, and then I just recently picked up a new putter. And then the irons, I mean, they're just some, probably some cheap irons, some old ones. Yeah, I got a set of McGregor's. I bought the whole set for six bucks at Savers. Um, I crush them because wow. I yeah, don't yeah. give a shit about them. So. <laughs> um, I know you said that you uh, like the fish too. Saltwater or freshwater? Saltwater now. When I was growing up, it was more freshwater just because, you know, I didn't have a car and stuff. So I just jump on the bike and go, go fish some retention ponds. But um, since I've gotten older, definitely saltwater. What's the biggest fish you've ever caught? In saltwater? Yeah. That's tough. Um, I've caught, I caught a couple overslot redfish. I think my biggest one is about 32 inches. I caught, I, I did catch a, a spotted sea trout that was, I think, like a half an inch off a state record one time. Oh, wow. Yeah, and I have a picture of it on my Instagram. It was, it was very close. I think, I think it was like half an inch from a state record. Yeah, I got I gotta look that up. Yeah, I've I've never been saltwater fishing before. I've only done freshwater, but I mean someday I've got to get out on the fresh. I gotta get out into the sea to to fish. I think it looks so cool. I gotta start fishing well, soon. It's it's a fun time. It's well, especially up there when it warms up. Yeah, right now everything's still yeah, got yeah. ice on it. Yeah, exactly. But uh, no, I never go offshore. I usually just stick into uh, like the inshore fishing. Oh, okay. That's kind of my scene. So, yeah. uh, going back to, to the baseball part of it. Um, so since you were with the Cubs organization, did you ever practice like hitting or anything or, or are you good at hitting? Or I know you're a pitcher, so it's not usually. I mean, I'll, I'll dabble in batting practice, messing around, especially now when I like literally just the other day, I, uh, I jumped in for a round or two just to try to hit some nukes. Um, but I mean, heck the last time I hit was in high school. Uh, with the Cubs, I never hit. Um, 
I think I think you start taking taking batting practice in high A or double A, which I mean obviously I never got to that level because yeah. I only played that first half season. But um, but yeah, no, I mean I still dabble in it. I still mess around with it. I'm probably not the greatest yeah. if I'm facing you know like a, a yeah. like high level pitching. But uh, I mean heck, in batting practice I'll put on a show. <laughs> could, you, could you hit one over the monster? Oh, I definitely think so. Yeah. Okay. For sure. I've got I've got some juice. <laughs> I've got some juice. Like I said, I'll put on a show in batting practice. Well, I mean, you know, there was another player to be named later that the Red Sox ended up getting at one point, David Ortiz. I mean, you know, you said you're a big fan of his. He's got some pop as well. So, I mean, you got a little bit of a <laughs> reputation to live up to there with the being a player to be named later. <laughs> yeah, heck, who knows? Maybe I'll become a two-way. <laughs> become a DH on my, uh, on my off days from pitching. That would be, <laughs> be something. <laughs> It would make you – you'd probably get brought up a lot quicker, you know, if you add that to your resume a little bit too. Yeah, that'd be nuts. I, yeah. I'd be open to it. I'd give it a shot. <laughs> Just shoot shoot high and bloom a text. Be like, hey, I'm open to uh, DH if you got any positions. <laughs> Maybe take some videos of batting practice and send it his way. <laughs> Just, so they, Just so they know. Make a little tape of you hitting in batting practice. Yeah, I'll, I'll cut it in at the end of my uh, my throwing videos. Yeah, I'll cut it in at the end desk. just so they can see it. <laughs> yeah. um, if you could step in, uh, if you could uh, step up on a mound against any player in the league to get in the box right now against you, who would you want to face? Jared Carabas asked me the same thing, and I said Austin Hayes because him and I went to high school together. So, you know, I mean, that'd be kind of cool, like two two kids from the same city, same high school, facing off each other in the bigs. Um, of course, that'd be pretty sweet, but he said that didn't count because, um, you know, because I've already pitched him before. I throw live, to, I've thrown live to him a number of times. So, if that doesn't count, then my next answer was, was it's got to be Chris Bryant, just to put the, uh, you know, the the Twitter jokes to rest. It's got to be. Do you think you could strike out Chris Bryant? Uh, I mean, heck, I've got to, I've got to throw his chance. You know, yeah. I, I like my stuff. I, that's, that's what I'll say. I like my stuff. I mean, Pat Light could strike out Mike Trout, so anything's possible. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> I, I like my stuff. Yeah. Um, and then my last question I had. So I know you you mentioned like Ortiz and Manny and them being your favorite Red Sox players. Who's your favorite baseball player of all time and why? Ortiz. Ortiz, my favorite baseball player of all time, mostly because of. I mean, what really sold him to me and to me made, like, why he was such a legend in my eyes was because of his postseason heroics. I mean, they're yeah. just insane. It's something out of a movie. You know, it's I, – I mean, I can remember growing up watching the uh, – the, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, the, the collaborations. I don't even know if that's the right word. Um uh, of like all the see all the postseasons of the stuff he's done, you know. Oh yeah. I remember watching them, and uh, it's just stupid. It's literally something out of a movie. What that man did, he's like the clutchest postseason hitter of all time. It's insane. But definitely him, just because I mean, so I can remember sitting in front of the TV when I was real young, just just hoping that you know some someone uh someone hits a home run to tie it up or take the lead, and you know it, it would be him. Ironically, it would always be him. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I turn on uh, – I don't know if you've seen it four days in October, the 30 for 30. It's, uh, it's about the Sox 2004 ALCS, and every time I watch it, it just 
mesmerizing to just watch him come up and just know at those big moments he's just going to come through and just crush those home runs i mean watching them mm-hmm. live like i remember what like glued to the tv being like they're gonna they're gonna lose or, there's no way he's gonna do it right here and then he just crushes the ball and then they're like see you tomorrow or see you tonight because it was the the second day it was just crazy it was, <laughs> it's one of my favorite things to watch it anytime that i'm possibly feeling down for any reason i just turn on that game yeah no he's he's legendary man He'll forever be a, a legend. I mean, he's already obviously going to be forever a legend in Boston. But um, definitely still in, in my eyes, and I'm sure a majority of Red Sox nation, he's going to be the greatest Red Sox player of all time. Got to yeah. be. Got to be up there, you know? Yeah, definitely. Just, solely, because of, solely because of what he's done in the postseason. Yeah. Yeah, yeah 100% agree with that. Um, I guess my final question for you, when you finally get called up to Boston one day, what is the one thing besides going to Fenway or pitching at Fenway that you're most excited to try and do in Boston? Most Do you mean like aside from baseball? Yeah, aside from baseball. Aside from baseball. Well, I see, I don't know because I haven't, I haven't, like, I only spent one day in Boston when I went up there. So I don't know what else is around there. But I mean, it's got to be just to, just to be on the other side of Red Sox Nation, you know, yeah. being on the field rather than just being a spectator being out there and, and, you know, being on the, like I said, the other side of Red Sox Nation, that, that'd probably be the coolest part aside from actually pitching itself. Um, just being on the other side of it and, and feeling that energy that, yeah. that Fenway has. Yeah. You got to sign inside the green monster for sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's on the bucket list. Yeah. That's up there. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, all right. Yeah. So that was all that I had, but, uh, Thanks again for uh, jumping on our podcast. You know, really appreciate it. Yeah. Uh, excited to see you in a, in a Red Sox uniform. Hopefully, you know, you'll make it to the big leagues this year. But, um, you know, hopefully I can catch a game or something that you might be pitching. And, you know, wish you nothing but the best in the, in the organization. Thank you, man. It was, a, it was a pleasure. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, awesome. thanks again. I know it was kind of late. I'm sorry. I work on the, <laughs> the West Coast. I moved out here, so I'm in Vegas. So I work until 6. <laughs> no worries, man. Hey, it's all, all right. good. I understand. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Thanks again, man. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right. Uh, thank you to Zach Bryant for his, um, his time and speaking with us on the podcast, you know, first guest, always great to get out of the way and uh, you know, great to have him there. I definitely think he's going to be a good addition to the team, uh, especially with his uh, you know, that, that arsenal of pitches he has, but um, yeah, excited to see where the, the year takes him. Yeah, I mean, I thought it was a pretty good interview. I like talking to the guy. He, I mean, he was he was wicked cool. Um, you know, we even got some talking there about non-baseball related stuff with the golf and the fishing. And you know, obviously, love to hear that his uh, favorite game was MVP Baseball 2005. Probably one of the best baseball games ever created. Definitely you know, the great best soundtrack. The best. Yeah, great soundtrack on it. So, I mean, I'd say it's up there with a uh, backyard baseball 2001. I'd say they're both pretty even for me, but. Um, but yeah, they should I mean, definitely bring they should definitely bring it back soon for uh, for like PS4, Xbox One or something. Just let people play that again. Yeah, I, I don't know if they're gonna end up doing that, but they would definitely won't. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, so overall, really good interview. I mean, as we said, we're gonna keep trying to get more people on. You know, as a, a newer podcast, it is you know gonna take some time, but you know, hopefully, gonna get some more interviews going we've been reaching out to a couple of players i haven't heard anything back yet i don't know if you have tim 
I, I looked and checked the DMs that I had sent to Verdugo and Franchi, and I can tell you without a doubt, they have not looked at them yet. So um, if anybody still knows them or if they are listening again, um, again, I will beg you, please just have them at least look at them and just say no politely because it's crushing me. Yeah, I'm sure a couple, at least a couple of our, um, you know, small following Tim knows these players and can reach out. So you never know who we're going to reach. I mean, look at us. Yeah, but but yeah, so, um, you know, once again as well, um, thank you to Group W Bench Racing for the sponsorship. Like we've been saying, if you guys ever get up to the Burlington, Vermont area, definitely, you know, go check them out. It's a, it's a great boat, uh, you know, great time. So, you know, definitely, thank, like I said, just want to thank them again for the sponsorship. Um, but yeah, I uh, that's all I've got. Yeah, and uh, just a little segment for Group W Bench Racing. Um, if anybody is going to be in Burlington, Vermont for, um, I believe it's Memorial Day weekend, um, you can catch them in a Memorial Day regatta. They are going to be going for um, gold this year. Um, they've fallen short the past couple of years, but looking to go for gold this year. So uh, let's wish them the best and hope that they get it. We will definitely have more podcasts between now and then. So don't know why I said it now, but um can't take that back, but uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's all I had. Unless you wanted to talk a little bit about just things around the league that's happened, or could just say nah. Um, I mean, the only things, yeah, no, nah, it's fine. We don't need to go into all that. <laughs> all right. Well, thanks, everybody. All right. Well, that's all she wrote. <laughs>